You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. It is time for another roundtable chat, or as I like to call the Zoom Room, the winter Zoom Room edition this time. Always happy to bring in the guys from the Boiler Breakdown podcast, uh, Tanner Lee and Evan Webb. Guys, welcome back. How are you guys doing? Good to be back. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Doing good, Adam. It's uh, almost time for March Madness. Best time of the year. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It is upon us here uh, as we approach the Big Ten tournament. We'll, I'm sure we'll dive deep into that here shortly. Always great to have you guys on. We'll talk some Purdue sports, whatever topics we want to hit on over the next 30 to 45 minutes to an hour, whatever, however long we want to chat. Uh, I see Evan is supporting the uh, 2023 Big Ten champion T-shirt. That is some great news there. Great shirt. As ex- as we all expected it pretty new, right? Right. <laughs> right. Over, we all thought, yeah, <laughs> right. clear cut, clear cut favorite. When we when we were starting two freshmen, we knew this exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, we knew Zach was going to be the most dominant player in the last <laughs> ten years. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'm rocking my full steam ahead uh, shirt that I got from my family for Christmas. So this is awesome. Hey, this is an exciting time as Tan Harley mentioned. It's March Madness, so let's just dive right into men's basketball first. You guys are just thoughts. It's been a while since we've. We've talked Purdue hoops on the uh, on the podcast here. Um, 25th Big Ten title. We joke about this wasn't maybe necessarily what we expected, uh, but at the same time, it's a team coached by Matt, Matt Painter. So we're not at the same time. I think we're not overly surprised or shocked that Purdue did this. Uh, uh, your guys' thoughts on the season, and Tanner, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, before the season. I think I had Purdue in my preseason predictions for the Big Ten. I think I had them fifth. But I remember telling a lot of people, give me the eight or nine seed at the start of the season, I, I would have been thrilled. Uh, and to see this team uh, get back, clear up to rank number one multiple times, uh, be ranked no lower than fifth since around Thanksgiving time, knock off opponents in a non-conference like Marquette, West Virginia, Gonzaga, Duke, um, go undefeated in non-conference, end up winning the 25th uh, Big Ten Championship, which is a Big Ten record. Um, and to go 26 and five, if you would have told me any of that before the season, I would have just been like, man, I want, I want whatever you're on because <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't believe you. In it. But like you said, I like what you said about Matt Painter. Matt Painter is one of the best coaches in all of college basketball proves that year in year out gets the guys to fit his system sticks to what he believed a couple of rough years there in the 2010 from that back recruiting roots and just gets guys and and you know he's, he's got something good going he's had something good going for years now at Purdue and doesn't look like the momentum's going to taper off anytime soon at least we hope not and this team has been fun to watch and that's something I keep trying to remind myself is just to enjoy the journey and one thing I can I mean one thing about clinching the Big Ten at least this team's already done that so whatever happens here on out, they have something they can look back on, be proud of that they accomplished. Not taking anything away from last year's team, but that was the one thing I think that really bothered bothered all Purdue fans was last year. That team probably should have won the Big Ten regular season title, didn't get it done. Got to the Big Ten tournament championship, didn't get it done, and then got, got out in the Sweet 16. So even though that team was great and fun to watch, they didn't have anything to really hang their hat on. This team already does. But with that said, I think there's so much more left for this team to accomplish i think they can make a run in chicago this week they're the one seed i think they can make a run at a big 10 tourney title and to be honest they might need to if they want to get in that one seed line which a week ago i thought they were pretty safe 
if, if they just took care of uh, Wisconsin and Illinois and then won one game in the Big Ten tourney. But with how things are shaking out, I think I think they need to do a little work to get on that one 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 seed line. So yeah. uh, overall, though, it's just been a really enjoyable uh, season. Uh, aside from uh, two games against uh, that team down south, but uh, maybe maybe we'll see him again this weekend. Yeah, you never know. What do you think, Evan? Uh, I mean, a lot, echoing a lot of what Tanner has already said. You know, coming to the year, um, you know, I was enjoying football season. You know, I was like, you know, I I loved last year's team. Obviously, I've been it's on record that how much I love Jay Ivey as a player and one of my, if not my favorite, pretty player of all time. So it's you know sad to not see him on the roster again. But obviously, he's doing great things in the NBA. But going to the year, I was like. I'm okay with, you know, waiting for basketball season to come, you know, last year I couldn't wait, but this year I was like, you know what, let's enjoy football season. We were having fun with that. Um, and kind of like Tanner, I was, you know, I was like best case scenario, you know, double by big 10 tournament, you know, and then, you know, kind of like Tanner eight, maybe eight, nine seed in the, in the big dance, like just make the tournament. Like at that point um, was what I was hoping for. You know, I didn't really know what to expect from, you know, I, I figured, you know, the freshman guards would be good, but not, you know, they would take their lumps for sure. I was hoping, you know, hopefully we can beat Marquette because it's at home um, and we can, you know, get West Virginia in the PK 85, whatever it was called out there, and then just be competitive against most likely would have been Gonzaga. Just don't get run off the gym, run out of the gym and I would have been fine. You know, it would have been, you know, grow, you know, got a lot to grow on. Um, and then we beat Marquette, you know, and I thought that was probably one of, one of Purdue's best wins, just strictly from my, that's not when I thought we are going to get <laughs> noteworthy, but now it's actually Purdue's best win because Marquette is really freaking good. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and then Purdue goes and, you know, beats West Virginia, then, you know, gets down early versus Gonzaga and turns around and smokes them. And then, you know, it was like, okay, cool. You know, we're going to play Duke, you know, kind of this weekend's already gravy. And then, you know, Purdue football beats Indiana, clinches the Big Ten West, and then uh, the next day we're playing Duke for the championship, and then Purdue again kind of gets down earlier and comes back, and then Fletcher Lawyer's throwing daggers against the, you know, the mo- probably the most storied basketball fr- or program of our, of Tanner and I's lifetime. You know, Duke has been dominant since we've been born, um, and Purdue all of a sudden is finds themselves going from unranked to the top five, and it was like, oh boy, <laughs> we got ourselves <laughs> some expectations now. Um, and then watching Zach has been incredible. You know, I knew, you know, we figured, you know, it's just crazy to think back, you know, his freshman year, he was supposed to redshirt because we're going to have Matt Harms on the squad. And then Harms leaves unexpectedly and, you know, he's forced to play. You know, he obviously played pretty well, but obviously it's still like a kid who had played basketball for three years at a high level. Um, But just to see him continue to dominate and then, you know, Purdue goes on that run, you know, doesn't lose until, you know, early January against Rutgers at home, which, you know, we had the game one and then, you know, uh, they hit a late shot, you know, clutch shot um, as they did last year too. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's been so much fun. Kind of I'm just trying to enjoy it. You know, there's a lot of, you know, it's, it, I'm trying to like keep my mouth, you know, obviously there is raised expectations. Now. I'm just given the record and where, where we fall, but also like, man, this team is still starting two freshmen. And it's not like, obviously a lot of teams start freshmen, but these are freshmen that aren't, you know, aren't five stars you know Fletcher was a four star but you know still wasn't you know sought after by every single Big Ten school um Braden we all know the story you know produces only high major offer um and so just to see this team grow and obviously still have their struggles especially as of late but you know have you know watch them kind of battle you know kind of grind out some wins early in the season even now as of late with not only the Wisconsin game but the Illinois game on on Sunday it's been fun. A bunch of likable guys, um, you know, watching senior night, I was lucky to be in Mackey on Sunday and just like, you know, seeing the video for David Jenkins Jr. Like a guy who had been here not even a full year. And I was like, I found myself almost tearing up at his video just cause like, you just tell like everybody loved him. He loved this team. 
Um, and just to see the guys celebrating, just kind of Tanner said, you know, have, this team now has something that they can, they've done something this year, you know, yeah. last year's team, the, all they could hang their hat on was they got some number one, which obviously was noteworthy. You know, we had never done it before as a program. And then we had the cheese it trophy. That was a, about it. Or <laughs> um, this year's team, you know, we got the PK 85, got to number one again, which was a shock. I wasn't sure if we'd ever see Purdue get back to number one again for a long time. Um, and we did it twice <laughs> this year. Um, but then now to, you know, them being the conference going to be, a one C, which is, hasn't happened under Matt Painter's tenure, is still crazy. Obviously, they have some work to do, but I definitely think they can make a run. Um, I mean, a lot obviously has to go right as it normally has to do in March. Um, but it's been, yeah, just it's been fun to enjoy the ride. And, you know, it's, I love it, but I also hate this time of year because it's it's fun until it isn't and then it's miserable. <laughs> um so yeah but trying to trying to take as as i get in my older years trying to just enjoy the problem just enjoy this team get better and you know watch these guys grow and i mean not look too far ahead but hopefully you know a lot of these guys can come back next year hopefully and you know hopefully we can do it again but yeah painter got the plate got the program in a an incredible spot you know it's kind of funny i feel like every i feel like every year since like 2016 i've told myself man this team can't get deep in tournament i'm not sure we ever will and then the next team is better next the next year the team's better and that keeps saying the same thing so it's it's fun i mean it's crazy to think painter's been here for about 18 years and i feel like he's still got so much more like that he can you know he can he's got he keeps getting better every single year which is just wild yeah for sure and it's funny you know we talked in the fall and how silly of us, you know, we joked about people doubting Painter. How silly of us to <laughs> say, man, they're really going to go with two freshmen, point, uh, two yeah. freshman guards in this offseason when they, they couldn't land a transfer outside of Jenkins. And what's, what are we going to do? And, of course, he knew, what he, he knew what he was doing all along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which leads me to my next nice. <laughs> Go ahead. I was gonna say, I say, you hear. I mean, you heard stories as the season's gone on. You know, you hear stories about from the off season. You know, of like the coaches almost feeling bad. They feel like like they stole Braden from somebody. It's like, man, how did no one know about this kid? Like, we just like you know, highway robbery from the state of Indiana. And, um, yeah, he's been a joy to watch. Obviously, he's had his struggles, but I mean, he's been. I mean, I I'm not sure, really sure what you can more you can ask of him. I mean, for a, especially a kid of that, you know, he's not the biggest guy as we yeah. obviously know. Um, and just his ability to not only create for himself but create for his teammates is been just really fun to watch yeah for sure he's got that dog in him that's for sure mm -hmm. <laughs> you know we talk about painter and we joke a little bit but in all seriousness you know here's a guy and i'm sure you guys probably saw this on on twitter today but first time you know that you know i think we all agree i think we've all i've heard you guys talk about chris collins so i think we all know how to feel about chris collins but you know and if they want to give him the coach of the year fine go ahead whatever but uh first time in the history of the big 10 where a coach has where our teams won the conference by three or more games and the coach wasn't named coach of the year. And and to do that with a, a freshman starting backcourt and, you know, predicted to what finish seventh. Cause if you think about it, you know, Northwestern was one loss away from being the, what the ninth, the mm -hmm. nine seed, which is just <laughs> wild. Like, I mean, yeah, that the last weekend was, I mean, obviously aside from a pretty standpoint was just, Absolutely crazy to see all the different what was like 120 scenarios, which could have been a lot more had the Minnesota Michigan State game actually happened. You know, yeah. obviously it didn't because that awful tragedy. But yeah, the I, I I mean Collins obviously did a great job this year. I mean, obviously we all thought, you know, coming to the year, us uh, seeing only having Northwestern once in the schedule was like, oh man, how, how can we not get them twice? Like, you know, it's it's too easy, easy, you know, you know, almost sharpie W's there. And then yeah. it turned out to be, you know, a really, really good team um with Boo Booey and um Chase Adige. Um, but yeah, the fact that I mean, I think Collins definitely is deserving, but I think Painter obviously too, you lose a, a lottery pick, you lose what I mean, Trayvon Williams, who wasn't a starter, but it was a starter essentially. Mm -hmm. You lose Sasha Defiance a starter, you lose Eric Hunter a starter, you lose Isaiah Thompson, a key contributor off the bench, 
starting two freshman point guards as we've you know as we've said you know and they're not five-star freshmen by any means yeah. um i yeah and then you yeah a, a year with the big 10 is just all muddled up you've got purdue running away with it you know from the get-go and yeah like i understand how we can't have co coach of the year because that was an absolute you know master class by painter this year yeah, that's kind of what I was saying on one of my other podcasts last night was I was making a case for co-coach of the year because mm-hmm. I, I had a feeling Collins was going to get it. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't help that the Big Ten Network, which is located in Chicago, <laughs> has a lot of Northwestern grads working for it, which I get. They got a great communication school. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. so so that wasn't in Purdue or Matt Painter's favor. And I also think it is kind of a compliment, though, to Painter at the same time, if that makes sense by not getting this, because people realize how good a coach he is. And so even though I think Purdue winning the big 10 and getting up to as high as rank number one took people by surprise, I don't think it took a lot of people by surprise that painter got this team to another double buy in the big 10 tournaments, got this team, uh, you know, um, solidly in the NCAA tournament, just because, I, I th- what, what I'm trying to say is, I guess in the last four years, I feel like he's finally getting the national respect as a coach that we as Purdue fans have have uh, known that he long deserved for a good majority of his career. Um, and now, kind of like Ethan Morton said in the post game press conference, now it's just getting that next step, breaking through that final four because he's had some really bad luck um, come March, and hopefully this is the year it turns around. Yeah, I saw that soundbite with Ethan Morton on that, mm-hmm. and then. Also on Brandon Newman, that was just really cool mm-hmm. seeing him like as a, a leader of the team, just, you know, just continue talking about that team first mentality. But that was cool. Yeah. What he said about Painter and about Brandon Newman after that game on mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah. Brandon Newman's one of those guys, even a month ago, I was, I know I, I texted uh, Evan and Andrew in our group text message. And I, I said, I could see him transferring after the year, you know, mm-hmm. cause he's already got to have his degree. He's got one year of eligibility left. Well, possibly two, if he wants to use a COVID year. And I thought maybe he would go home to Valparaiso or somewhere where he get more playing time, but now he's found himself back in the starting lineup and really making a difference for Purdue and kind of giving them that spark that they yeah. need as of late, especially on the defensive side of the, of the ball. Um, so it's just kind of funny how his role the last two years has come on in March. Last year, mm-hmm. he hadn't played for, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 straight games. Then he found himself being a huge contributor against Penn State in the Big Ten tournament. So it, it really goes back to this, that culture Matt Painter set, the team first mentality. Everybody knows their roles. And that's what it's going to take for a team like Purdue to get over the hump and get to a Final Four, possibly national championship. Yeah. Did it, did it surprise you to see him starting over Ethan there all of a sudden at the end of the year? I thought he was going to start over Lawyer, to be to be honest. Uh, I thought just because, you know, Lawyer had struggled, but I, I think it's a freshman wall. I mean, teams have figured out that, you know, obviously Purdue's got Edie down low, but, you know, what's going to kill teams is the guys around him. You know, Edie can get his and, you know, a team can be competitive, but if it's when guys like Lawyer, Braden, you know, Ethan, if those guys are hitting threes or Gillis or anybody, if they're getting, you know, contributions from those guys, that's when Purdue is really dangerous. Um, so they, a lot of teams are able to figure out, you know, just stick a grown man on Fletcher Lawyer and just run him off the, the three-point line, which is what they've been doing. I mean, credit to them if in the Big Ten, especially now with the COVID years, you've got, you know, grown your 24, 25-year-old guys, it feels like, you know, playing an 18-year-old and lawyers are really, really struggling. I mean, supposedly he's got a calf injury too, which has been reported. Um, but I mean, again, he's a freshman in the Big Ten. You know, we knew the wall was coming at some point for these guys. Um, so I thought for sure Newman was going to start for him just to kind of maybe 
And I mean, obviously lawyer is a competitor, as we've seen, you know, when he's had a bad game early in the year, he usually responded really, really well. So I thought maybe, you know, if, if he starts Newman over him, then maybe, you know, that, you know, gives lawyer a spark to kind of come into the game and, you know, take over. Um, so, but I also Ethan had to struggle a little bit too, but I thought Ethan played really, really well on Sunday, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and even in the Wisconsin game, he had some, you know, when no one could throw it in the ocean, he, he had hit two big threes in the second half. So I wouldn't surprise him start just a more of who it was for. Yeah. Any concern for you guys going in the tournament? You know, this has been my concern all season, I guess, with the team is, you know, if teams kind of let either a let ED just get his and worry about the other guys or double on ED trying to take him out of the game and then just letting Purdue try to beat us or yeah, let try, Purdue trying to beat opponents relying on the three, which we've seen, we can be very hot and cold this year. Any concern mm-hmm. with that, that that could be the reason we get bounced this year that we just, you know, ED gets 20 and 12, but these other guys shoot two out of 17 kind of. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. I think, I mean, that's kind of what we saw last year, you know, in the St. Peter's game was, you know, no one, I mean, no one played well, to be honest, you know, a lot of turnovers, but like, you know, Ivy didn't play well, couldn't get, you know, wasn't getting calls at the rim. Um, you know, Sasha couldn't hit, Eric couldn't hit, like no one could hit. And then it just kind of, you know, just snowballed from there. I think there's some other things going on with that team too. But I mean, if there's concerns we've seen as of late, you know, with teams, you know, I mean, like you look at the Indiana game at, at Purdue, um, you know, if Purdue can just, you know, I mean, we had wide open shots. And if, if Purdue just, you know, hits their average, not only on free throws, but three-pointers, you know, there's a chance Purdue probably wins that game just because of, you know, it was such a close game. And I mean, Purdue missed what, over 11 three or over 11 free throws and shot like 22 percent from three like you think just a couple of those you know maybe one thing had then you know they all been contested but they were i mean there's one possession we had like three wide open threes in a row and couldn't hit any of them um so yeah i think if if we can just not even just be like that'd be like i'm not even asking for like 40 percent if it can just be average i think they can be good but if it's one of those nights where shots just aren't falling that's when the defense has to step up which has they've done a lot better this year than they have last year yeah, I think the lack of three-point shooting is my main concern for this team. Um, also, if, if Edie finds himself in foul trouble, which can happen mm-hmm. in the tournament, we don't know. But but I did like how they showed against Illinois. They they went on the big run when Zach was out. And a lot mm-hmm. of that was Trey Kaufman-Ren was a spark. He played really well on Sunday, and and that got, got things going. But what, what's frustrating to me for this team is we know we have – guys capable of making threes we got a lot of good shooters on the team i mean mason gillis hit nine threes for goodness sake at mac arena in, in february against penn state we know lawyer can get as hot as anybody in the country we just haven't seen it for a month and a half consistently um and like evan mentioned it's what's also frustrating is it's wide open looks more times than not it's not even contested looks so may, maybe it's all coming around for a reason and, and, and we're going to start hitting those when it matters most here in the next couple of weeks um, can only be hopeful, I guess, for that. But yeah, that is my main concern. Adam is this team just not hitting threes and, and getting beat by somebody because I mean, I mean, teams can go Michigan state strategy, I guess, and have Edie get his, that hasn't worked out good for them, but a lot of teams are doing the double or triple team and giving us those open threes and we're just not making them pay like we were back in November and December. So um, yeah, I guess like a nightmare scenario is like a, you know, especially, you know, one sixteen matchup or two fifteen matchups, like, you know, that small mid major that obviously had chances that has no chance of stopping either. Just like, all right, get yours big fella and work on it. And then that's bombs away from three of those nights. You know, they're playing loose because they got nothing else to lose. Mm-hmm. And they're just, you know, then obviously you've got an Arkansas Little Rock situation. Oh, <laughs> you had to go there. <laughs> I did. I did. 
Oh man. Well, I anyway, mean, we didn't like touch said, favorite, but also least favorite time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I should go back here a little bit because we were, you know, we talked about coach of the year and that painter didn't get it. We should celebrate that Zach Eady did get player of the year as we were kind of hoping and expecting. And so that was good to see today. Be curious to see if he gets national player of the year as well. I don't know when that's decided you guys. I think, I think it's final four. Weekend. Yeah. Yes. Later, but he should. I mean, I'm not just saying that from a Purdue standpoint, he's been the most dominant player in college basketball mm-hmm. this year, statistically. And just with the eyeball test. Yeah. Um, he's consistent too. It's not like he like, he's right. like he got like, he's like 30 games and then he's got, you know, an eight point, you know, 12 rebound game here. It's, he's been 20 to 10 pretty consistently all yeah. year as, as his averages are. And he's been good on defense. People don't talk mm-hmm. about that enough. He stays out of foul trouble, which is amazing for a seven four guy that plays as much as him and takes on guys driving into him all the time. Don't um, tell Illinois fans that. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, don't even get me started. Uh, but his growth this year has been unbelievable. His growth yeah. the last three years has been unbelievable. I hope to have him back next year. I, I, I guess I saw on Twitter. I didn't see the actual clip, but somebody was saying on Twitter that they asked him about that today, and he kind of said he had made up his mind about next year, which why would he at this point? Because I I, I honestly think it might be one of those cases where it matters how far Purdue goes in the next Mm -hmm. month as to whether he'll be back or not next year. I I don't know. I don't know what the scouts are going to be telling him. I I can only go off what the mock drafts have right now, um, which have him late second round and not even drafted, which is crazy, which because two decades ago, he would have been probably number one overall pick or top five (laughs) pick, but that's just how the NBA has evolved. But yeah, it was great to see him get awarded a unanimous Big Ten player of the year, unanimous first team. He's going to make pretty much every first team All-American uh, I'll have his name in the Raptors next year. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And he's only the fifth uh, Purdue player in the program history to be Big Ten Player of the Year. So first since um, Caleb, Caleb Swanigan. Caleb so, yeah. Um, the late, great Caleb Swanigan. So it's it's just been awesome to see. That. And, 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 you know, I don't know the, the guy personally, but he seems like just a class act kid too yeah. off the court. So mm-hmm. that's the thing. That's another thing about this team. They're not only are great culture-wise, they just seem like good – young men and they're just so easy to root for yeah cool to see him get the 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 honor while wearing uh caleb swanigan patch on the jersey this year mm-hmm. too so that's, that's really cool mm-hmm. and it's funny you mentioned that the, the draft i was going to ask this question too you you hit on it you know yeah 15 20 years ago he probably is at number one at least top five pick in the draft but it's crazy to think like what i've been paying attention to the mock drafts as well you know you would think he's first rounder at least if not a lottery pick but yeah he's not even on most of them so that makes me wonder, and as a you know selfish as a Purdue fan, that he will uh, come back next year and run it back another year, and maybe with the NIL money, maybe that maybe that's more realistic mm-hmm. than him chasing the draft and then ending up in Europe if he, you know things didn't work out or something. Well, and I think, and the more I think about, it, I think the reason they probably asked him is we've seen other high caliber players come out and already make their attention known for next year. At least as of now, Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana said he's not going to use his COVID year next year, and which. I, well, I, I wasn't, yeah, I, I, I wasn't surprised, but yet he makes so much money supposedly off the NIL in Indiana. I kind of was because he's another guy that I think he's good enough to play in the NBA, but the fact he can't shoot outside a shadow, I don't know how interested the NBA is, is taking him. I mean, he's athletic enough, but um, I, I, I just can't understand how the guy can't shoot a jumper. He shoots free throws. Okay. Just. I, yeah, I will say he, he's impressed me a lot this year. I mean, he's obviously been really good, but like he's taken a big jump with his athleticism and being able to like get out of double team. So I think like, I think he's definitely worked himself into, you know, I think, you know, going to the years like, man, he'll be lucky to be on the draft board, but now like, you know, I think he's shown he could potentially be a late first rounder just because, just because he's so athletic and, you know, whatever. But 
Yeah, I think I mean for both these guys, you know, you, you go back twenty years, these guys are one and two in the draft, most yeah. likely. Like yeah. it's it's wild. Well, and then we saw this week Hunter Hunter Dickinson said he's coming back to Michigan for his senior year next year, which yeah, uh, kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, but he's another mm-hmm. one probably making good money off the NIL. That's that's just the world of the NIL. It's yeah. it's changed how guys think. Guys that were borderline in the past that, okay, I'm going to, you know, go for my dream. Now they're like, ah, I'm going to stick around another year, make some good money just in case I can't make that happen. Be so big man on campus. Like, I mean, yep. they, got, they got it easy. So, yep. yeah. It's going to be fascinating to uh, to follow Zach's decision here in the next yeah. month, month and a half. Yeah, between that for another month. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Between that and, you know, you mentioned the Brandon Newman maybe making a decision or not. And then, I mean – we only lose Jenkins, possibly, possibly only lose Jenkins mm-hmm. and Frost, of course. And, and, and then you bring in Miles Colvin. Again, we still got this season. We hopefully still have another, you know, month of basketball <laughs> to be talking about. But it, you guys have touched on this already. Just to think about like how bright the future is for, for the Boilermakers and what Painter's done to set this team up for the future. It's, it's pretty exciting to think about. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Miles Colvin next year, then catchings and Benner the year after that. And it's just, I mean, I can't about Camden Heidi, who's a redshirting. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. throw him and Colvin, you've obviously, you've obviously, all of a sudden now have two very athletic wing players mm-hmm. who, which, you know, Purdue, you know, for as good as they are, that's one thing they definitely lack, lack is athleticism um, you know, compared to other teams out there. But you throw those two guys, which I think Colvin will have a pretty steep learning curve. You know, he, he doesn't play his high school team is excuse my French, but garbage. Um, and his, he, he didn't play very high level AAU either. So you wonder like, you know, that, that jump, obviously he's very, obviously very talented, but you wonder how much of a learning curve he'll have coming to a structured system like Purdue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, they throw in Camden. I mean, you see, if you're, if you're at Mackey watching warmups, I mean, that dude jumps out the gym um, and you hopefully maybe you just wonder about, can he shoot or can he play defense? But I mean, if he, he can do both those things, he can find himself on the court a lot, which is something that Purdue, I think, definitely lacked this year. Is just an athletic wing, not only for defense, but for offensive purposes too. Of someone who can create their own shot. And William Berg next year would be a legit mm-hmm. backup for Edie. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he fit, fit would fit into it. But in the world of the NIL and the, and the transfer portal, it it wouldn't shock me that somebody on Purdue's team yeah. leaves. I don't know who that would be. Mm-hmm. I don't want to speculate, but then that would open up the opportunity of. Purdue maybe to get somebody to fit in for a year or two. So, yeah, well, I don't think any of us would ever bet both Thompson and Hunter would have been gone after last no. year. If either of them, yeah. especially no. both. Well, I thought Thompson, I thought Hunter was going to be gone because I was just going to graduate and just move on. Like, I, yeah. I expect him to, you know, actually play for another school. I yeah. think Matt Painter thought that too because, like, according <laughs> to the stories, Painter sits down with these guys hell ahead of time to figure out numbers wise mm-hmm. what he can and can't do. So, I think that kind of shocked him too that Hunter decided, oh, I want to come back and go home and play so yeah mm-hmm. all right what's kind of i want to get a hit on a couple other topics but before we jump in that let's just kind of quickly fly through this i got the, the big 10 tournament uh we'll hit that real go. quick before the ncaa tournament uh as you look at the bracket any uh concerns for purdue's pot potential title run what do you guys think i don't know how much you've looked at the bracket who, who i think most got a pretty about? tough draw i think we yeah. got a pretty tough draw <laughs> i mean Rutgers I mean, are Michigan. At- yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I mean Michigan, desperate team, you know, trying, you know, fighting. I think they were definitely might be even next four out on the Lenardi's latest yeah, projections. Yep. I can't remember. Well, and they're um, they're a team that I mean, I know they lost went 0 and two last week, but they lost in double overtime on the road to Illinois in overtime in the road in Bloomington. I mean, they're a team that's both games. playing yep. pretty good basketball. They just don't know how to close, yep. which scares yep. me. And I still have PTSD from the last time Purdue was a one seed in the Big Ten tournament and got out by a Michigan team that was an eight seed. Mm-hmm. So, and then Rutgers, of course, 
a team that's had Purdue's number. Yeah. As Purdue fan, that's who I want. I want records. I want to get revenge yeah. on them. And they've yeah. been, I mean, they've, I mean, going from, you know, they were the clear cut number two team besides Purdue to start this Big Ten season after beating Purdue. And it's like they've just careened off a cliff ever since yeah. Mag got hurt, which, you know, sucks for them because they were a really good team. You know, they, you know, they absolutely routed Indiana at home at Rutgers, I should say. You know, they, you know, beat Purdue at Purdue. Like they were, looking like a legit team and then lose one of your starters and best one of your best defenders i mean now they they ended up 500 in the big 10 yeah. uh, but i'd much rather take Rutgers um just because i think i want revenge more so i think michigan is absolutely desperate and they don't want to face that yeah. <laughs> it was a close game already up in ann arbor and that was without jet howard so yeah you know you never know and produce yeah. you know always plays so well in the big 10 tournament so <laughs> yeah. and well and if michigan beats iu on sunday they're like the three seed i think is where michigan would have ended yep so it's like, yeah, which is, which was yeah. also crazy. Uh, you know, that, you know, if you looked at the standings Sunday afternoon before that game was over, IU, I think Michigan was te- temporarily sitting at two and the only yep. team not in Lenardi's uh, in the, yeah. in the top <laughs> nine or 10 or whatever. So it was just like, wow, that's what, how yeah. maybe how deep the Big Ten is, how talented the Big Ten is, or, or how. I don't think there's, I mean, you look at the Big Ten tournament bracket, I don't think there's a lot of difference between the one seed clear to the 13th seed. Uh, like I'll throw Minnesota no. kind of out of there as a 14, but even they, but they, they play, play hard. well lately. They play hard. They play, they play, I mean, Nebraska is yeah. a 13. I wouldn't want to see them. They're red hot as of late. Yeah. Uh, but I, I know I predicted this last night on, on one of my podcasts. I do have Purdue getting to the Big Ten tournament finals and, of course, winning. But I have a rematch of Sunday's game, Purdue-Illinois. I know that might raise a lot of people's eyebrows because they're only a seven seed, but they play Penn State, and it's hard to be a team three times. Penn State's already beat them twice. If they can get past Penn State, I think they can get past Northwestern pretty easily. They're going to have a huge following there at United Center. So then if they get past that, you're looking at probably either Indiana or Maryland. Mm -hmm. They should have had Indiana beat on the road without Shannon, Um, and they've Mm -hmm. lost Indiana twice. It's getting hard to be a team three times i think they can get and the past. first time matthew meyer was sick right was a caffeine was a caffeine poisoning i don't know probably <laughs> it could have been. Flu, who knows yeah uh, and maryland's not the same team away from the xfinity center which it's not a lot now. of big 10 teams are but i mean i don't know if, if illinois i i personally think illinois has the most talent in the big 10 oh yeah For whatever reason it just hasn't come together at least in the first halves second halves they're yeah. amazing <laughs> um so I that's yeah, just watching my... them on yeah watching them on Sunday it's like it's and I, I my boss is an Illinois fan from Illinois I've got some coworkers that are Illinois fans so it's like watching it's like if I was an Illinois fan I would be I would have no I would, I would have no hair because I pulled it all out because this team is like has so much I mean Terry Shan Jr is incredible um, Matthew Meyer is a really good player he's won a national championship Dane Danger I think is a really good player he reminds me a lot of Travion Williams just with his you know footwork. Um, Coleman I Hawkins mean, talented. Coleman Hawkins, you know, is, is a stretch five. Um, you look at even like uh, I think sincere Harris, you know, he's a little bat when he's out there on defense. Like he is really good. Like Mendez can jump got, out of the gym. Yeah, you got then you got Luke Goody uh, out, you know, out of injury who oh. who can bomb who can bomb yeah. from three. Like <laughs> like I mean they came like as as much as Purdue was up in that first half, I was like they are going to come back. So that's what they do. I mean they came back from you know Boo Boo or uh, yeah Boo Boo had outscored them. In the first half and by himself in the game at you know at uh, Illinois, they came storming back and I just knew like I mean they can score quickly because they are they're big they're athletic they can shoot actually I mean they really can't they're actually the worst in the Big Ten in three point shooting but when they're hitting they can hit it in bunches right um and they can get up in you I mean I mean 
Terrence Shannon one time, he drove to the basket and I feel like he just like just blew through every single Purdue player, including on the bench. Like he had no issue getting to the line and got fouled or whatever. He's so talented. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see Tan. If they can put it together, I mean, like if they're an eight or nine seed in the big time in their NCAA tournament, like I'm I'm terrified if I'm, if I'm that one seed. If they can get past that first game, like that is a team that if they can put it together, they can be dangerous. And, and, and Evan, you were mentioning earlier, you know, you were kind of making a joke about Purdue's lack of success in the Big Ten tournament. Actually, they've been pretty successful in the yeah, last yeah. the last yeah. decade or so. It's just before that, especially Gene Cady was three and eight, and then Painter had a bad yeah. start in Big Ten tournament. But he has one Big Ten tournament title, and we've got to the championship historically four other times. We just haven't yeah. won it three under Painter, and so I I expect a good run. It's not going to be easy, and and I mean maybe maybe we beat maybe we meet the team from Bloomington for a third time. That would be the championship game and crazy thinking in the, in the uh, 25 years of the big 10 tournament, they only, they've only met once. That was an inaugural one in 1998. Hmm. They have every time it looks like they're going to line up. It doesn't happen. (laughs) So uh, the odds aren't on either team's side that they'll probably make it all the way there, but they both have the double buy. And I think that's going to be a, Big advantage, and that's something unbelievable that a lot of people don't talk about. Every year, there's been a double buy. Purdue had a double buy. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys. You kind of just hit it there. Do you want to see an IU Purdue? Nope, nope, (laughs) nope, nope, nope. Uh, Yeah, I'm on the fence. Yes and no, because I think it would be an unbelievable atmosphere for a Big Ten tournament championship. And it's I, I, I feel like a broken record. I keep saying it's hard to beat a team three times. But it'd be hard to stomach if they managed to beat Purdue for a third time and to win yep. a, some sort of championship over them. Yeah. But with that said, I'd rather see them in the Big Ten tournament title game than I would in the NCAA tournament at any point. Mm. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't know if Evan could. I don't know if his nope. could handle that game. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. nope. No one thing about it. Oh, man. One thing about it. All right. One. One last thing on the Big Ten tournament. I think we all agree on this. I know you. You. You guys both feel Illinois could make the run. Yeah. It'd be awesome for uh, to see Coach Shrewsbury in Penn State. Oh, make the run themselves. That win on Sunday was just awesome. Seeing him get emotional and just so happy for them. And hopefully they're a team that's in now. I think Lenardi last has them in the last four in. I think in a playing game, but that would be that'd be awesome. I think he he actually moved them up to the last four by. Okay. So right now I think they're pretty comfortably. If they beat Illinois, they're definitely comfortably in, and yeah. they're they're easy to root for. And and Jalen Pickett, he was a, a second team All American today on the Sporting News team. So he he's a bucket. He can he can get as hot as anybody in the country. And Illinois knows that firsthand. So even though I picked Illinois to get the championship game, it wouldn't shock me if Penn State beats them for a third time. So no, I mean if they're I mean they're fun to watch as long as they're not hitting against your team. <laughs> right. They can just bomb away and. I mean, they play they play pretty good defense, and as so they've got, I mean, you can't leave anybody open. I feel yeah. like, I mean, yeah, it's been, and just the job he's done there is incredible. I mean, it's obviously not, you know, we know the history of Penn State, you know, pretty much the doormat, the Big Ten, you know, terrible home environment. He's, I mean, they had, I think they might even have one of the largest crowds, home crowds they've had all year um, at the Bryce Doran Center. You know, they had obviously the game against Purdue at the Palestra, which is an incredible atmosphere. You know, home game for them. Um, and just the fact that he can get, you know, that's those kind of results at a, you know, a football school that really does not care about basketball and yeah. it makes you wonder, you know, what kind of, you know, does he, he's going to get looked at by, there's some most likely, I mean, obviously Notre Dame can open up. He's an Indiana guy, you know, does he get looked at for that job? You know, Georgetown has to do something with, with, uh, yeah, I mean, you look at that, like he could be a great fit there and already he's already kind of, you know, on the, you know, east east coast of the U.S. So you you wonder about that, but yeah, he's 
I don't feel like he's gonna be at Penn State for too long because there's gonna be some really good jobs opening up uh, that he's gonna do really excel at. It's it's gonna be a fun Big Ten tournament to watch. I don't know if I've ever seen one as unpredictable going yeah. into it as this one. Yeah, so. for sure. All right, we'll quickly touch like, on what, every single what was it, every single underdog like covered or something on Sunday or something crazy mm-hmm. like that. It was like oh, wow. yeah, well, they won or lost, but they at least covered. So it was wild. I know, like I don't remember how it finished up. I remember the start of that women's tournament had more, more games that were five points or less in the first two days than it an entire <laughs> tournament history or whatever. It was pretty wild. So we'll see if we get the same thing on the men's side uh, quickly, and then we'll move on. Um, we kind of touched a lot on these things already, so it could probably be pretty brief. You know, I think we all would agree that Purdue's capable of a Final Four run. What is your expectation? That what's your prediction slash expectation of what will happen? Uh, assuming Purdue's a one or a two seed, I think the basement floor would be Sweet Sixteen again, which that's nothing. That's still a great accomplishment. Don't get me wrong, but we're getting there so many times. It's like okay, when's water gonna finally hit? Um, I expect this Purdue team to at least make the Elite Eight. Um, I know it's all about matchups, but get to the lead eight and see what happens, especially if, if you're a, if you're a two seed in Louisville, maybe yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't even want to bring it up because PTSD from 2019, <laughs> but, but, uh, and that's been, it's making us rounds on Twitter now. It's, it, now it's March. That, that it, game keeps Oh yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, I mean, one of the best games in NCAA tournament history. Yeah. It's just, it's hard for me to watch even now just yeah. because how it ended. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I think, I think I, I predict this team at least makes the lead eight. Um, and then, then, then we'll see. But they're, they're capable. I mean, they're capable as anybody of cutting down yeah. the nets and winning it all. But it, it, it still feels like a fever dream for me to, to even say that. So, yeah, it's one of those things that, like I'll believe it when I see it. Like you know, I mean, for a lot until 2019, you know, I, and I know I'd been alive for an elite eight, but I never, I don't remember the 20, the two on the elite eight. So I was like, I'd never seen. Lucky you, I remember. It. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like getting there is like okay, we we've done that. Now it's you know next step and. I think, I mean, at the very least, you have to make a Sweet 16. Um, you know, again, going into the year, I would have thought, you know, if we can just win a game, that would have been incredible. But now it's, again, stupid expectations. Um, yeah, you look at, you know, if we're whether we're one or two, you know, you're probably playing a higher seed. And, you know, again, it's, it just kind of depends. You know, that's why you just roll the ball out there and, and play. Um, obviously, some teams out there that can, you know, give us a lot of problems. Uh, you know, like an Alabama, but do they even make it that far? You know, they've got a lot yeah. going against them right now. Um I think Kansas is really freaking good. Um, UCLA is really there, good. Right? UCLA is really good. Now we'll see what happens with they lost Jalen Clark most mm-hmm. likely. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it kind of depends on matchups. I don't like the idea of being a one seed in out east and playing UConn in the in the Sweet Sixteen out in New York. But I mean, you play the teams you got to play. So and you know, we talk so much about teams being bad matchup for Purdue. Purdue's about about as bad a matchup for anybody <laughs> in the country because you got to figure out how to. Guard a seven four dom- dominant guy mm-hmm. center out there yeah. probably gonna be player of the year and then say you do triple tri- double or triple team them and, and Purdue happens to get hot from three it's, yeah. right so yeah. so I, I think we kind of as Purdue fans forget on the flip side Purdue's a pretty hard matchup for teams to prepare sure. for two so obviously a one seed would be great but do you think there's less pressure if there are two seed ah. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Okay. <laughs> I still think the pressure's there, and and really, it's it's crazy. I think statistically, sixty-one percent of the one seeds make the final four, compared to like twenty-some percent of the two seeds historically. Okay. It's something crazy. That's like wild. you don't think the matchups are that much yeah. different, but but they are. So and and like Evan brought up, we we've never been a one seed on our map painter. I'd love to just 
knock that accomplishment off too, even though mm-hmm. last time Purdue was a one seed historically, it almost ended really, really bad. Um, <laughs> and then they got outs in the second round by a Georgia team anyway. So it was short lived, but yeah. hopefully it wouldn't be the, that, that case for this team. Right on. Well, speaking of the NCAA tournament, let's touch briefly on this as well. We, we, we talked about our appreciation, uh, admiration for coach Katie Gerald's and what she's already done for the women's program up there in her second year, which this is going to be her first year. This is now her second year. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. on the cusp of an NCAA tournament. I think the last time I looked, uh, Charlie Cream or whatever his name is uh, for ESPN, had them as the last four in, I think, whereas the weeks leading up, I think they were the first four buys. Your thoughts, are they in? What do they got to do? Well, I guess they can't do anything now. Their tournament's over, yeah. but um, you think they're in? And and how even if either way, how exciting is this for them? Uh, I think it's very exciting. I think they will get in. I think it's going to be close. I think they'll be holding their breath on come selection Sunday for for the women's tournament. But I, I think they do get in. It's been an exciting year. I mean, they're ahead of schedule. That's what a lot of people have to realize. I mean, this team, and they play so darn hard. I know we talked about it last year. I mean, they took a lot of these teams that were big-time favorites against them, and it took them to the brink, if not beat them. I mean, they went on the road and beat Ohio State, which was the highest-ranked uh, opponent they've ever beat on the road. And, you know, they – give Indiana a fight for a while. And then, you know, the shoe kind of fell off in the second half, both times. And same thing with Iowa and the big 10 tournament, but I mean, Caitlin Clark's a phenomenal talent and Indiana is a really good team themselves, even yeah. though they crumbled a lead away against Ohio state, but Katie Gerald is the right person for this job. She's put some energy back in a program that was at one time looked at as top five, top 10 program consistently. She put some juice back in the fan base. I mean, mm-hmm. I love seeing her wearing the, Purdue baseball jersey on the side. That was so cool. Like, um, I, like I, once she, that was like that is one of the coolest things uh, I've ever seen. I don't where, know why. Like she had BTFU shirt, BTFU shirt in Assembly yeah, Hall. Yeah. Even yeah. wearing the, even though I'm a Denver Bronco fan, wearing the George Karloff this Chief stuff, which I, I can get behind that one of, of any of them. Yeah. The Kelsey one she wears sometimes not so much, but um, <laughs> just she's just bringing this new culture, this new mindset. She's recruiting well. I think it's just nothing but um, bright days ahead for women's basketball. And it's, it's fun to watch. This is a program that historically is a proud program and needs to get back there where it once was. And I, yeah. I just think it's been really, really fun to follow. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you know, they, they beat, you know, Wisconsin on, on Thursday night, you know, and, you know, she throws her water bottle. She's like <laughs> screaming like that was, you know, it's so funny to look at her and look at like painter, you know, painter <laughs> would never, he'd give a fist pump, but you know, it's just different, but I'd love to see that. You know, that's what this, that program needs right now is just someone to like get the excitement back. Um, you know, cause they, you know, were, you know, riding high for a long time and then went to the depths of the big 10 pretty quickly as well. Um, but I mean, obviously she's, you know, the boilermaker through and through she loves the school i, I think it's because you know kind of like a painter situation where it's probably a dream job for her like you know she's not looking to take the next step right. um so as long as she can you know keep things going i think she can be really successful here and you know you know get us back to you know competing for big 10 championships and beyond again which is really fun. i mean it's it so cool to see you know the fact that you nearly know, sold out the indiana game at Mackey. like to yeah. see that i mean I've, I've been to some women's basketball games obviously we know the support's not there like it is for the men's but like for that to happen like obviously there's a ton of indiana fans there as there should be their team is really really good um but to see a you know women's game sold out is is pretty cool especially with that many students there i mean obviously they had the promo for the for the men's things but still like you know they deserved that you know they're playing hard too then as long as they've got purdue on their on their jersey i'm going to be you know cheering hard for them to the very end yeah, for sure. It's good to see that you mentioned the atmosphere. That's what what it was like when I was a student there. That's when Coach Curry was still there, and they were a perennial mm-hmm. 
uh, team every year. So it's exciting to see that. I hope they get in. I think they should be in as well. I, just to give it a chance because you never know what can happen and turn me get hot for, and we, they've shown they beat two mm-hmm. top five teams on the road this year. So, I mean, it'll be exciting to see what they can pull off and then use that as momentum springboard into the next year. It'll be interesting. And I'm not going to doubt her at all for one second. What will happen next year? Cause I believe they lose four or five seniors and then I, yeah. And then I think Abby Ellis will have a decision to make. I think she'll have a year, a COVID year eligibility left, I believe. So that would be huge to get her back because she's tremendous. And then yeah, I saw is. that, you know, they have a top 25 recruiting class coming in too. So mm-hmm. another situation where the future feels feels bright there. <laughs> well, as, we, as we kind of wrap up here, uh, and again, if you guys want to bring anything else up, that's fine. Uh, you know, we'll just touch on football really quickly. I know it's the off season. We've got a lot of unknowns going into next year. I don't know if we've had much chance i think maybe just briefly talk about coach walters uh your thoughts on him and then the last couple of days you know if we've done this last week maybe we won't be having this conversation with the last couple of days several pretty uh legit recruits have committed obviously they're not signed yet but they've at least verbally mm-hmm. committed the program so that's gonna at least be exciting for momentum and then i just love coach uh walter swag <laughs> something oh, yeah. you never see coach brom doing so your guys uh, thoughts on that you took the words right out of my mouth there with the swag i was gonna say i love uh, coach walters and, and this the staff swag. I mean, I mean, the, the previous staff had some guys that were good on social media. Don't get me wrong, but you didn't see the head coach doing, doing some head, bob. some head bobbing, some dancing, and having yeah. his office coordinator there with them. And and I, I I still love the kind of bat their own version of a bat signal. Uh, <laughs> and it's been a fun week for Purdue football recruiting. I mean, get a four star quarterback from Texas, get uh, one of the top five ranked prospects here in the state of indiana offense lineman from down the road for me here at fort wayne north mm-hmm. um jordan king and then got a um a safety slash i think linebacker um today from california that also visited iu last week so anytime you can steal a recruit over iu or win a recruiting battle that's a good thing for purdue but it's it's fun he got hudson card coming in at least to compete with brady allen who surprised everybody when he decided to take his name out of the transfer portal after putting it in there and and uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of fun things. It's going to be a tough season on paper, schedule wise. But um, I, don't, I still don't see why the team can't make a bowl. I mean, all you got to do is win six games. Sometimes that's easier said than done. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> I guess I guess we're we're pretty lucky coming off a nine win and an eight win season the last two years in a Big Ten West title. But um, I know the coaches have to get results on the field, but. Everything they've done so far to me has been a thumbs up. Uh, yeah. You know, I was bummed when we lost Jeff Brom, and and um, but now I'm not as bummed as I thought I was gonna be. Looking back on how everything's transpired since, yeah. and um, yeah, it'll be fun to watch um, the spring game um, in the in the process of spring ball. Hopefully, everybody stays healthy. I like the approach that they're doing, having a later spring ball. Uh, Jeff Brom always wanted to try to get it done early and give people more time to rest up. But I like Walter's kind of giving people time to rest up to get ready mm-hmm. for spring ball. So uh, that's a different, different strategy, but I like it. And uh, I, it's just a good time to be a Purdue university fan in general uh, for all sports. And uh, I'm a, uh, yeah, uh, the time is now as, as coach Walters is saying. So, I mean, yeah, I like to see that, you know, they've added, you know, well, like three or four people, like for recruiting purposes. Only, like, you know, you know, yeah, it's like you don't see, you didn't see that with the Brom staff. I mean, obviously, they still were able to get, you know, some great recruits, you know, with, between David Bell, Rondell, Moore, George Kaloptis that are all playing in the NFL now. Um, but, you know, it's definitely, you can just have to tell they're taking a more, you know, you know, new age approach where these, you know, all these staffs have, you know, so many people on, on staff that you have no idea what they even do, but, you know, they're, they're probably vital in something, you know, they're all kind of sharing their, their responsibility and, 
you know, you're seeing like reports of, you know, Purdue's getting five stars, you know, five star on campus. It's like, I don't remember the last time that happened. Um, yeah. There's the one that like wasn't even from Indiana, I don't even think from Indiana. So it's like, let alone like the fact that I'm an in-state kid. Um, that's just the first time just getting guys here. And, you know, you see, I've seen, you know, a couple of reports of guys who came here and they're like, oh, it was like, it was incredible. Like the atmosphere, you know, such like a family atmosphere, you know, there's just, you know, super upbeat, you know, a high energy atmosphere. You know, I'm not, I don't I think Rom ever this, but like, you know, going to a basketball game, you see, they've got all the football recruits on the, like on the sideline, like, you know, in the warmups, like, you know, you, these guys are getting, you know, kind of the VIP experience as they always do at every school. But like, I've, I don't remember ever seeing Brom doing that. You know, I think they did game. once in a while, but did maybe they? not with a ton of recruits at once, but I remember seeing a couple. Yeah, I, mean, I remember like, I think it was like the, I don't remember what game it was, but they had like, it was a game where Walters was introduced officially at the basketball game. They had like, I think it was Michigan State game, like the entire sideline. Um, by the the nice seats were, were taken up by football recruits. Mm. Um, and, you know, Walter's over there dancing. He's, you know, he's videotaping, you know, the basketball team coming out. You can tell he's super bought in. Um, yeah, he's just, he's, you know, he's a, the young staff, and you know, average age of like 38 or something like that. So you definitely tell, like, I like just that from a standpoint of, you know, relating to kids. You know, you wonder about the way that college sports are changing with transfer portal NIL, you know, not that Brahmin company were old, but, you know, I mean, it, you know, 10, 12 years is a big difference in terms of like, you know, philosophies and they've been around. So maybe now that they're more open to, you know, new ideas as we've kind of already seen it just, just from like Tanner said, what he's done so far is big thumbs up for me. You know, the fact that he's gotten all these guys on staff, it shows that he's, he's bought into yeah. do some big boy recruiting, which I'm all about. So. Well, and I love everything you said that, you know, even in his introductory press conference, he wants, wants to be at Purdue for a long time, wants to, you know, leave a mark here, wants to be a place that people want to come. And I even loved his tweet the other day, said he loved getting some great young men, men on campus and showing off the place that he's uh, become to love already. I, I just like hearing things like that. I feel like with Jeff Brown, we never really got that yeah. because in the back of our minds, we always knew Louisville was out there. That's, That's where he wanted here. to be. Um, did you see that he's, Walters is staying in Brom's house? I did. He's oh. renting it right now. I did yeah, see yeah, that just like, the other day. Because yeah, I think, I don't, I don't know if the house was had already been owned by the university, but either that or maybe Brahms sold it to the university. I so believe that's it. what happened. Yeah. So now that university owns the house and they're renting it to Walters, mm -hmm. they're building a house right now. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, that's a little weird. That's <laughs> well. Make sure Greg's out of the basement. But <laughs> and, 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 you know, <laughs> that was a good one. And, and I know, uh, I don't want to speak too bad about the last staff because I will always be appreciative of what they did for Purdue football no, get it out and dumpster fire and lead them clear to a big west champion big 10 west championship and multiple bowl game appearances and some wins but I will say it's telling when you see a lot of people talk about how different the culture is already and not only people who cover recruiting but people who cover Purdue too and uh, I think there was a lot of things going on that a lot of the fan base didn't really know about um so yeah it's good to get some yeah fresh blood and some different energy in there this year and it should be a fun season come I, come hope so. I agree going back awesome. to something some that you something like you said tan you know you said a good time to be a pretty fan it kind of i just i keep forgetting that in the same academic year Purdue's won the big 10 west in football yeah. and won the big 10 in basketball so it's yeah. like yeah it's just i mean it's awesome yeah it's don't really take it for granted and, don't take it for yeah, granted. yeah yeah Hopefully our uh, baseball guys, hope Coach Goff, my guy, Coach Goff, and mm -hmm. he's got, I think, got baseball in the right direction, too. I know the season record-wise is a little different than last year's start, but I think they've had some good competition. And they scored 53 runs over three games this past yeah. weekend. So, <laughs> that's, that's a good recipe for success, yeah. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think they're getting healthy. They had Valdez is back, too. A couple guys there waiting to get off the injury report there. So, anyway, yes, as Tanner said, it's a great time to be a Boilermaker. So, awesome, guys. Any other closing thoughts as we wrap up? Yeah. <sighs>
uh, let's just stay healthy in the next couple of weeks and let's <laughs> let's get hot. Let's let's yeah. go win. Uh, yeah. Let's go win nine games in a row. There we go. I'm Sounds down. good to me. I'm down. Awesome. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I always appreciate your time. Always great. Appreciate your insight and uh, just talking to you guys about Purdue. Hey, thanks for having us, Adam. Blow up. Awesome. Hey, guys. Up. Uh, promote your podcast real quick as we're closing up the Boiler Breakdown podcast. Take it, Evan. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Boiler Breakdown podcast. Uh, we've been we've been a little we've uh, haven't been great about it lately. You know, with uh, Tanner and I are both planning some big life events ourselves, yeah. and Tanner had to take a vacation. But uh, <laughs> Boiler Breakdown podcast, you can find us on any streaming platform. You know, Boiler, at Boiler Break Pod on Twitter, that's where we're most active on social mm-hmm. media. Especially Evan does a great uh, job during game, game, days. game days when I yeah I get a little chippy sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we, we have fun with it. We had another a good buddy of ours, Andrew Eiler, uh, couldn't make it tonight with us. But you know, we we all grew up together. You know, lifelong Purdue fans. Tanner and I were fortunate enough to go to Purdue. Andrew had to go be athletic and play golf at Butler, but whatever. Yeah, we'll let it slide. Yeah, but he's a he's a diehard. Um, but yeah, we talk. You know, obviously mostly Purdue football and basketball. We try to hit on other sports as as we can. Um, but yeah, we we love doing it. You know, we, there's a lot of really cool Purdue content out there nowadays. You know, you yeah, know there, years ago, there was hardly anything. Also, we're just happy to be a part of it. And obviously, if you you know check us out, you say we're we're like I said boiler break boiler breakdown podcast uh, at boiler break pod on all of our social media platforms. Awesome mm-hmm. guys, you guys do a great job. I always like I work nights, but I was like trying to catch it live as you guys are recording when I can. So it's always fun. And then yes, that's nothing too. We like we like we love going live. You know, we usually go live on YouTube, our Facebook, and our Twitter. So we like to interact with people. If you know people want to chime in. You know, it kind of just adds to the conversation, which is yeah. always fun. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Yeah, I encourage my listeners to go check you guys out as well. So, all right, man, we'll, we'll boil it up and uh, some March Madness here. Let's get ex- let's get excited. Let's get hot. Thanks boil again, up. Adam. Awesome. Boil it up. A reminder: you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod, and you can find the full video interviews on the Fox Fifty Nine and CBS Four website. You can also listen to, subscribe, like, and or comment on the podcasts on all the major podcast platforms, including now on Amazon Podcasts as well. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.